Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly Tarot and Astrology podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So welcome 2024. Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to the new year. Hello to the new year. Hello to you and everyone out there who's listening. Yes. And so we're going to talk a little bit about January. We'll pull in some themes that are coming up for 2024. Um, But let's start off with the, you know, which is probably the most, I don't want to say it's the most prominent news, but it's first on the list, okay, is we do start the new year with a Mercury going direct. And so, yay, that means actually by the end of the month, because you're wrong, will also go direct. We'll talk about that. All planets will be in forward motion by month's end. And I think that's a great way to start the new year, right? Because I remember last year in 2023, we had a lot of retrogrades happening then. And we talked about it's not really going to kick in until maybe the end of the month or February. But this year, I think we're going to be raring to go right at the beginning of the month. And so Mercury actually goes direct on January 2nd. That's its first full day. Nope. Yeah, yeah. It's first full day. Exactly. Because it goes direct like later in the evening. Oh, the that's first. right. That's right. That's right. So, but so- remember, we always feel those retrogrades as they shift positions a few days before and after. But around the second, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think it's interesting, right? Like we oftentimes embrace the new year as a fresh start, mm. as a like, what's next? You know, a putting into vision at least, like where we want to go, the horizons we want to see and we want to experience. And so there's just something feeling super aligned that here we have Mercury moving out of retrograde and going direct on the first day-ish, we'll call it ish. (laughs) And Jupiter right on the 30th of December had just gone direct. And so, you know, even though Uranus is still retrograde, sort of not sort of whatever, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there is this great forward movement that we can sort of feel that we can start with, like, we've, we've looked back, we've reflected, we've gone back over things. And it's like, you know, new year, new us, new year, new you, what have you. New beginnings. And I, you know, it is nice to go into the new year with some kind of clarity. You know, it's much clarity as one can expect in this crazy world that we live in. But yeah, I love that idea of starting the new year with almost like a clean slate a little bit. Like, you know, we've had, right? We've had this opportunity to review, reevaluate, do all the reads. And I think that hopefully we can go forward feeling like we're not carrying any, you know, old baggage with us. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like leave that out the door at the door of like the 2023 to 2024 <laughs> gate. And, you know, all that we've reflected upon, you know, taking those few first days of January at least to like just sort of assimilate and mm-hmm. recollect and recollect like what we have realized. And then, you know, turn forward, you know, look yes. forward. 
turn forward, look forward. And speaking of looking forward and new beginnings, we have the new moon on January the 11th. It's in the sign of Capricorn. And an interesting aspect to this new moon is it actually squares the lunar nodes. And Stephanie and I thought this might be a fun opportunity to talk a little bit about the lunar nodes. What are the lunar nodes? What do they mean? Why are they squaring that new moon? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about it because the nodes right now are in the polarity of Aries Libra. We've got the uh, the north node in Libra and the and the south node. No, opposite. North node in Aries, south node in Libra. I natally have it just the opposite, so I get a little bit confused with that. So let's first of all talk about the lunar nodes in Aries and Libra, and then we'll break it down from there. Yeah, I love that, right? And more and more people have been coming becoming interested in their lunar nodes. You know, that comes up a lot in sessions like you know, oh, where are my nodes? What are they doing? You know, what is, how does that inform me, right? And the, they always come in pairs. They're always exactly opposite each other. They're like this sort of polarity axis, the south node being sort of this place from whence we come, right? If you believe in past lives, it's a way to sort of access insights on what we've done there. But even if you do or don't, like it's that really well-etched fallback place of like, I can do that in my sleep. I don't really have mm -hmm. to like to focus. So it's like ingrained tendencies or or traits or even gifts. But invariably, it's about not just staying with your south node in terms of what's easy, what we've like done so many times, not staying with the road. It's to pull towards the, the north node, right, which is the pull of the lifetime and soul purpose and that sense of like really deeply like when you have that experience and you're like, oh, yeah, this is me. <laughs> right. So it's like taking like what's in the south node and like not staying there, but using it at the behest of that movement forward to that sort of more faded or destined or like soul calling um, of this lifetime. So that's just one way to look at like south node and north node. And then do you want to like, I'll hand that back over to you in terms of like the, so the south. So like you would say they change signs every year and a half. And so they changed signs this past summer, and they will stay all in 2024 in with the south node being in Libra and the north node being in Aries. So Back yeah. to you, Megan. <laughs> well, no, I think that's a, a wonderful, uh, you know, uh, definition of the North and South Node. And I, I would just add that, you know, I, I always see the South Node as kind of like the karma point. And, you know, you know, it's like, you know, it's what we we're bringing in. And then the North Node is like our North Star. You know, it's what's called, you use the word calling. And some people describe it as the destiny point. It's what we're evolving into in this lifetime. And one of the funniest descriptions um, that I've ever heard about the South Node, and actually, Stephanie, one of your astrology mem mentors said this to me, and they were talking about the South Node is like a bag of potato chips. You can just eat, you, you think you can just eat one, but you're going to want to eat the whole bag. The idea being they're delicious, it's hard to let go of, it's comfortable, but how are you going to feel afterwards? So I think that's like a, a funny description of that. So the other thing is, since they're going to be in this polarity all year, it will flavor to some degree the energy of 2024. So let's talk about the Libra-Aries polarity, and that is a relational 
polarity. I mean, Aries is me and Libra's others. And so with that polarity, oftentimes we're looking at what are the balances? What is the dance between me and the other person or the other people in my life? And so we'll really be looking at, and because it's the South Node and North Node, it's like, is there something I want to change in this, you know, arena? Is there something I really need to let go of? Is there something I need to evolve? Yeah, I love that, right? And again, like the South Node in Libra, really looking at our relationship tendencies, like whether Mm. it's like who I'm attracted to or what are the dynamics I anticipate, I expect, I'm just used to, I stay stuck in, I stay small in, you know, and where is it that I can actually like also, you know, honor like what does feel poignant about that for me, but really to see like what keeps me small, like what is just like a habit and an orientation and narrative related to relationships or compromise, right? Or my relationship to pleasure, or my relationship to not giving myself pleasure, all very Libra. And then like seeing what can get released there in, at the behest of, right? That North Node in, in Aries. How can you? you know, find your inner warrior and also find out within yourself, like, what is it that I desire? What lights me up? I mean, even just giving ourselves permission to like ask that question, let alone <laughs> looking for the answer to like make space for oneself so that one is not always abdicating, right, oneself for the we, right? You're not like releasing or reducing or eroding the I for the we. And of course, like it can't be all like I, 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 I. As, okay, I hope that probably sounded terrible in your, in your ears, everyone. <laughs> Sorry about that. But so there, there is that balance. But how can you develop the champion, right? So you're like mm. developing the champion, that North Node and Aries, for a very conscious partnering or very mm. conscious evocation and invocation of pleasure and beauty. Ooh, yes, yes, that's so good. More, more, more. And, you know, <laughs> no, and when I think about with the North Node, which is, you know, the evolution point in Aries, I think it's also an opportunity to really think about, am I defining myself through my relationships or am I defining myself through my own unique individuality? And what do I need to act on? Aries is like you're saying, warrior, get out there, go dog, go. And so maybe it's an opportunity to say, you know, am I holding myself back because I'm giving too much in my relationships? What do I want to activate this year? And what do I want to really activate that is very individual to me? And it's going to make me really feel like, I'm on my path. Yeah, I'm on my path. And like, where do I want to consciously invite other people to be on that path with me? Oh, and right. that's right. The other people. That's yeah. Right. Those, 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 the other, right. I was in Aries land. <laughs> so well, I think that, and then it's nice. I mean, that, that this is like, and there's a lot more going on for 2024, but just to know, like, this is a backdrop you know, to just like pay attention to it all year. So I'm glad that we had this moment to talk about this, right? To like bring (laughs) in the nose and bring in also some, even though we're talking about January, to bring in like, uh, you know, another brushstroke for 2024. Because again, as you started out talking about how this new moon, right, Mm. on January 11th squares those lunar nodes. So Let's go back into like, so we have a Capricorn new moon. What does that mean? And then what would that mean that it's squaring the notes? Like what's the potentiality that we all have for that moment? 
Well, that's interesting. And of course, this, these are all the cardinal signs and well, not all of them. Cancer's not involved, but you know, Capricorn is always the one that says, slow down. What are you doing? Dot those I's, cross those T's, you know, it does this have, you know, longevity. Are you doing the right thing? So it brings in, I don't know if this is quite the right word, but gravitas to the situation of really like not being capricious about your decisions. I mean, really looking at what do I need to refine here? What do I really need to do to, and I think we mentioned this, but Saturn, you know, represents like patterns and structures. And are we repeating patterns and structures that no longer serve us? Yeah. Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I think that that's great. I mean, I think that's something in terms of like the themes of that of that moment, right? And Mm. like how we may be able to make fresh starts in that realm. I was also I was in a yoga class back in December and uh, the teacher brought up this really beautiful thing as we had been approaching the solstice. And it's something that I wrote in my newsletter that week when the sun was going into Capricorn around Capricorn's propensity to uh, make us aware of the notion of productivity, mm. right? And go and that young energy and achieve and do, do, do. And where that is important, but yet where maybe that can overcome us in terms of being working too hard, being too diligent, you know, not taking time for just like rest and nest and other things. So I do think too, like the Capricorn new moon is a really good moment for all the things that you said. And as well as like looking at like, like legacy and what a success, but also looking at our relationship to work, Mm, you know, and like, are we working consciously? Are we working smartly? Are we just working hard? Are we working to fill the space that because we, you know, are feeling, you know, we're we're overcompensating for something because we're like, well, what else could go in that space? Like, right. So Mm. I think that it's a really good moment and squaring the nodes, right. We may also see in those nodes in Aries and Libra, like, our relationship to work and achievement and how does that impact our relationships to other people? Yeah, that's great. And, you know, with the square energy and squares in astrology represent conflict or challenges, there's going to be the square in there. So these issues are likely to be highlighted or certainly on the table at that time. Yeah. And too, like with that notion of like the self note is like deja vu, like it may be also where we like <laughs> see even more clearly the things, oh, this again, right? <laughs> or this sense of like our ingrained habits towards these notions, these Capricorn notions of loyalty, duty, productivity, achievement, and work. Yes. And just to remind you, that is on January the 11th, correct? One, yeah, 111. What? Ooh. Ooh, 111. Okay, that adds even more energy to the whole equation. Now, since we've talked about the Capricorn new moon, let's talk about the full moon on the 25th, which is in one of my favorite signs of the zodiac, Leo. And uh, we also, the very next day, Uranus is going direct. So let's let's unpack that a little bit. Give us the 411 on a Leo, a Leo full moon, Steph. 
Yeah, so a Leo full moon has the sun in Aquarius and the moon in Leo, right? So it's that polarity. It's, you know, sun in Aquarius is oftentimes those times of like the bigger picture, the bigger collective, the network, the the I'm there, but I'm there with a lot of all of you. So we're just sort of this, this group that is standing for something bigger than ourselves. And Leo moon reminds us, but wait, you're there, right? <laughs> like you and your unique gifts and like your unique sense of self-expression so that the I doesn't just get like taken up by like the collective of the us. And so I always think too on that annual Leo New Moon, you know, how can we connect to Leo? Like how can we connect mm -hmm. to play and fun and the child, children outside of us or the child within ourselves or artistry to serve the greater good, right? Aquarius mm -hmm. is very much the greater good. So how can art and play and like self-expression and creativity serve like serve social progress and serve the greater good. Yeah, that's just yummy, I think. And it also reflects very much the the whole idea I think between behind the age of Aquarius, which is where we take our Leo individual gifts and talents and we have them we express them in service to the greater good. So I just love talking about that because I think that's really the general theme that we're in cosmically anyway. Okay, but we got to bring in Uranus here, <laughs> which is in the sign of Taurus, which is going direct the day after. Yeah, so just in those days leading up to the full moon, a few days after that full moon, just that, that big Uranus energy of, you know, breakdowns and breakthroughs of like creative chaos, perhaps. Of, <laughs> you know, I love to think about Uranus yeah. as like an invitation to move around, move the furniture around, whether <laughs> literally or just within oneself. I was actually speaking to a friend of mine the other day and she was working through a decision and she's like, well, I could do this or I could do that. And I was like, wait a minute. We oftentimes think that's either like stay the same or or this only other one alternative, what else exists between those those two, right? Mm. Where there, if you just sort of like pivot your attention or your orientation, you actually see other ways that things can combine and other solutions. And I always feel like Uranus like reminds us of that, is that, and what else? What's, you know, what's another way of seeing this, you know, in terms of that like innovation or that inventiveness? And I always, you know, that spark of insight we can get with Uranus and then it's always like, wait, how come I didn't see that before? Like it was so obvious, but it just took like fresh eyes to be able to like see that thing that is right there. So that feels like the invitation and obviously the invitation to like, yes, you might be surprised because it is Uranus, <laughs> but to surprise yourself. So what's yeah. your Uranian like? Yeah, you know, it's just, I think, you know, it ties back into all the planets are in forward motion right now. And how great to have sparky, you know, blow your mind Uranus join in the parade a little bit. And it, it continues that theme that we're talking about is with the hopefully more clarity. And when I think about Uranus, I always think about those epiphanies, you know, like when the literal light bulb lights up, you know, on top of your head. And so this is a time to be really open to that, to open to those new insights. Like you're saying, think outside the box, be willing to pivot or your favorite, stay bouncy, right? And the more that you're open to change, the more opportunity will come out of it. So those energies around then, which is like the 25th and 26th of January, very kind of heightened, heightened energy. Yeah. 
You know, and thinking too, like right with that full moon energy and what we were talking about, right? The A, that heightened energy, but, you know, can also like owning, you know, in this dignified way, Leo way, you know, for the full moon and like owning your creativity and like owning, you know, like leading from your heart, which is very Leo, like how can that shake things up? in a whole new beautiful way like that like releases energy that's been pent up that then like has things come into form like in a way that you weren't expecting yeah that's good that's good yeah just blow blow somebody's mind or blow your own mind i like that i think that's I think <laughs> i'm that's putting good. that in my calendar blow <laughs> on that day my mind. Blow on that day that's good Okay, well, let's dig into another big kind of story this month. It's also a big theme huge. for the year. Huge. huge. Oh, huge. 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 <laughs> okay, so once again, uh, we have Pluto moving back into Aquarius. So let's talk a little bit about that. I'm looking at my date, Steph. When does that happen? That is on... January 20th. January 20th. And and the uh, January 20th. Okay, great. So let's talk a little bit about that. So it's actually going from that last, that very, very last degree of Capricorn and shifting into Aquarius. And so, and of course the sun is also in Capricorn. So we have, wait for it, a Kazemi going on on that day with this this shift in energy. And Stephanie and I were talking earlier about how everybody, the Kazemi is like what everybody's talking about right now. Kazemi's the new Mercury retrograde, that there's a lot of attention and interest. In. So first of all, remind our listeners, Stephanie, what is a Kazemi? Yeah, so a Kazemi is when any planet unites or has a conjunction conjoins with the sun like that sort of exact and a little bit around that moment of the exactitude and it's thought that like Kazemi where Kazemi means like sitting in the heart of so these planets Mm. are sitting in the heart of the sun Mm. and so it's almost as if they're like the like the dross or that which keeps them from full expression is sort of burnt off by the sun so Mm. that they're really really strong and sort of they're more pure in their expression so this would be a pluto kazemi that day i mean it's interesting because like if you know that happens once a year like and it's a big deal like you know pluto kazemi is a big deal it's like pluto 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 on steroids pluto on the on pluto on the marquee and like big flashing lights of like you know death and rebirth and transformation and you know the themes of power and control and like what's dead and what is over like and you know take that spoiled milk out of your refrigerator like looking at things that no longer have vitality so that there can be renewal and rebirth but i hate the word but and the fact that (laughs) is so you layer that with the fact that like that is also the like that happens right before pluto enters aquarius so i feel like we should like sort of pull back and be like, well, what does that even mean? Like, what is that bringing us? Like the well, Pluto in Aquarius and the Pluto in Capricorn for like well, 2023 and 2024. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been in this dance, you know, we we dance between Pluto and I mean, in Capricorn, Aquarius, 
2023. This will continue through most of 2024. I'll let you do the dates on that, Stephanie, because that's your your <laughs> milieu. But we've been looking at that going back and forth between the Capricorn energies, the patriarchy energies, the old structure into Aquarius, which is new horizons and technology and the future, right? And so I think with it being in those very, very last degrees of Capricorn, it's really bringing up, I think, the Pluto and Capricorn big theme, which is the destruction of the patriarchy. The collective- <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Mic drop. Just that. Well, just that. Just, just that, that little just thing. That, just that little thing, right? I mean, I have to say, I was watching the Barbie movie the other day, and that's to me, that's so Pluto, the end of Pluto and Capricorn. But yeah, just that. But, you know, it's also, you know, the status quo is changing. It's the dismantling of those structures that no longer service. So we're free to kind of go into that, you know, Aquarius is an air sign. It's very innovative. It's very future oriented. So to me, I feel like we're really moving from the past to the future. And I think for the last year or so, we've been kind of, well, we have been going back and forth in between, which is, I feel is confusing. Yeah. I mean, there is that two-year dance, like as you're saying, like 2023. <laughs> I mean, so Pluto's been in Capricorn since 2008. Like Pluto and Capricorn, right. like, like the restructuring, the tearing down mm. of to sort of see the underbelly or that experience of like the king has no, the emperor has no clothes <laughs> on Capricorn structures of like the, the patriarchy, the economic system, capitalism, you know, sort of uh, social structures that we've accepted in terms of how our society is, you know, is shaped. And, you know, what happened in 2008? I mean, we had the beginning of the financial crisis. Talk about right. Pluto and Capricorn. Right. And this sort of set of dominoes that's happened after that in terms of like, wait, this stability that we relied upon, like, is it stable? And we've all been sort of questioning as things have been moving around like that. And, you know, in 2023 and 2024, the last sort of throes of Pluto and Capricorn for a while, one can't help but think that there's um, – we see more the results of that, right? Are we mm -hmm. seeing sort of like more of this dismantling of those structures that held on to power so dearly, you know, <laughs> even though their like life force and their integrity was extinguished in a way, mm. you know, will we also see though, you know, this is the thing with Pluto that I was thinking about, like when there is a loss of control or a perceived loss of control, will there be even more of a greater sense of like a power grab, you know, by those right. structures? But I do think, so, you know, the dates for 2024, right? Pluto enters Aquarius on the 20th, as you said. It dips back into Capricorn on September 1st through November 19th. It's in Capricorn in its final swan song of swan songs. And then <laughs> on November 19th, right, which is a couple of weeks after the U.S. election, mind you, or mind all of us. And then it stays there till 2043. So it's like, then it's finally 2043. There. I mean, just say that again. Isn't that like hard to like wrap your brain around it, my goodness. Yeah. That just like, seems a long, long time away. And, you know, as you're saying, I I feel like this could be a bit of an unstable time energetically as we're going back and forth. And that dismantling is really highlighted. There's a bit of a crescendo, a Capricorn <laughs> dismantling crescendo that's happening. And so I think we should all be prepared, again, what you're saying, be 
flexible, stay bouncy is it can feel like, you know, because everything's changing so rapidly that it might feel a little unstable here and there. Yeah, I agree with that, right? And also, like, what is, you know, what we'll talk more of is the years, obviously, or this year as to, like, what Pluto and Aquarius can bring, right? But it's that, you know, the power, it feels like one of the themes you and I have talked about is, like, Pluto and Aquarius brings the power of the people, right? It brings the mm. power of the, of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also about technology and the power. I mean, AI, for example, the power that artificial intelligence and technology has. So that's, like you know, there's some scary stuff there. Um, But, you know, it's so it's interesting that here we have this movement again and this dance again. And on January, getting back to January, January 20th, like right before the sun enters Aquarius and right before Pluto Mm -hmm. enters Aquarius again, the sun comes together with Pluto at the very last moment of Capricorn, you know, mm. like 2959, there's, that's mm. it. And then it goes to the next <laughs> sign. And so it does feel like around that time, there's like that, we may see that extreme mm-hmm. of the outcome of this dismantling. And I think, you know, on the one hand, it's like, okay, let's all grab the proverbial or real popcorn, because I love popcorn, and and watch. <laughs> but it's also like, I think it's always important to be like, okay, how do you actively Mm. embrace this like big Pluto energy that is happening the third week of um of January like what are your thoughts in terms of like what you can do what I can do what we can all do in terms of like not just like waiting to see what happens in the world but like using its invitation for our own lives and our own communities well I love your enthusiasm I know I'm so enthusiastic right? I'm, I'm personally emotioning <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it because personally, I plan on um, locking my door <laughs> and uh, pulling my head over the covers. Now, listen, no, I'm kind of kidding, but not. It's just this is all happening. I, my son is 29 point something Libra, so I have a huge square going on. And so I plan on just ignoring it. No, no, no. <laughs> we can never ignore Pluto, right? I just think it's really holding the energy of transformation, whatever that may mean to you, whether it's outer world, inner world, your relationships, your relationship to whatever, just hold that energy for transformation. And and then let, let the gods do what they may. But if we're in the in that energy, then we can be fluid with it. We can be in that kind of like cosmic flow, if you will. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think just like inviting in the release, right? Mm, And like inviting in the honesty and like, Mm. you know, touching your grief and seeing like Mm. what's on the other side of that or you know, it's always my good, my, not my good, my go-to for Pluto is like Pluto times. It's like, clean your closets, clean the refrigerator, <laughs> like clean your skin, exfoliate, do a mud mask, like, you know, deep cleaning. Mm. It feels very aligned with, um, you know, that strong, strong Pluto energy. So, Royce, and also some deep cleansing in your psyche, you know, you want to check in with your therapist around then and, you know, or anything that really allows you to release those buried layers and of things you might be holding on to. And that's, yeah, that's where the transformation happens. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I'm (laughs) I'm exhausted just talking about it, but we, it's time. We have to do the tarot card for January. So I am shuffling, and per usual, I will shuffle, and then Stephanie will tell me when to stop. 
and then we will see what the card shall be. So I'm shuffling and Stephanie's I'm reading. counting down in my mind. Count, I'm breathing. Counting down in her mind. And here I'm shuffling again. <laughs> and I'm shuffling again. And, and go. And go. And go. And go. Or stop. Well, I was, okay, I was mid-shuffle. Hold on here. Okay. All right. Mid-shuffle. Okay. Mid-shuffle. You ready? You're right. I'm being very enthusiastic for like this plutonium. You subject. are. I'm like, would you please stop by that day and just... Well, this is really lovely. Um, we have the Ten of Pentacles, and Pentacles in the Tarot represent the realm, the earth realm, the physical realm. A lot of times they apply to money and finances and security. And, you know, this feels very Capricorn to me, so actually. So Capricorn. So That's Capricorn, crazy. right? Because tens are numbers of completion. And when we get to the Ten of Pentacles, there's this feeling of like, I've completed something. I'm really looking at my security. I'm investing in my security. I'm really allowing myself to really embrace abundance. I'm opening myself up to, you know, really enjoying the security that I have created with the idea that the more secure we are, the more generous we can be with others. So it's a very foundational card. It's a celebratory card, which is lovely. And it's also a card that prompts you to look at where is my security and where is my security coming from? And am I investing wisely in that security? And that's not just financial, that's emotional, that's spiritual. By the way, I'm saying this speciously, which is like, oh, there's something, to this, there's something to this tarot. I mean, obviously I know that, but just like, it's like the last, almost last hurrah of Capricorn, uh, of Pluto and Capricorn. And then there's that conjunction, that moment like and the ten is the last number in the minor arcana and pentacles, which is earth and cat. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I do too. Yes, the cards are sometimes so amazing about what they can reflect back. So, yes, the ten of pentacles is the card for uh, for January. Yes. Okay. So, tell me what's up for January for you, Megan. Well, new beginnings for sure. Um, I feel like I've, it's going to be a bit of, I go into the year with a with a clear energy. I'm going to be doing, focusing on sessions and doing lots of those. I've got lots of projects that I'm putting out there that I'm really excited about. But I always say that January is a great time to get a reading. And I think, Stephanie, you'll probably agree with me, you know, whether it's clairvoyance, tarot, astrology, or all the above, it's really great to go go into that year with a certain kind of clarity or knowing about what's possible. So be sure and check Stephanie and I out if that's something you're looking for in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, January is just a great time. Again, that new horizon, you know, and I do a lot of work in January with clients who are like, okay, what's up for this year? Like in terms yeah. of like, you know, really like refining intentions and goals and action steps and like what does the year bring for them in terms of their astrology? So that's been – that'll be my focus as well as – um like the, I'm not sure exactly when, but sometimes the first-ish week of uh, January announcing and doing um, sort of publicly announcing that I'll be doing more work with my astrology-informed family constellations sessions. Oh, yay, Stephanie. So I'm really excited to like bring that out to the world more. 
I'm so excited. And for those of you that haven't had a constellation astrology session with Stephanie, they are amazing. So yay, yay. We all need more, more insight and help out there for people. So, well, happy new year, Stephanie. Happy new year, everybody. You can reach out to us at So Divine Us. We love hearing from you. Yes, and thank you. Happy 2024. Big shout out of happy 2024 too to our producers, Nick Patreon, Sebastian Otecchio, Negan. We're entering a new year together again. Yay! I love that. And also to all of you out there listening, like so glad to be on this journey with you in a new year. Bye.